today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, lots to talk about uh, in regard to uh, the Humboldt uh, bus crash uh, uh, right now. Uh, uh, victim impact statements are being read out. Uh, just uh, you can imagine what that's like in uh, Humboldt, Saskatchewan right now. Also, uh, British social media just jumping on Kate and Megan. We're going to touch on that as well. And a Valentine's cookie that seems to be, well, not spreading the love, apparently. Let's bring in Theo Sellis, registered family therapist, president of Integrity Works. He is with us now. Theo, thanks for the time as always. Much appreciated. You're welcome. Are you sure you have enough to talk with me about? I don't know. I can't see us getting past the first one, but we'll try. Uh, let's start with the most somber and the humbled uh, bus crash uh, scenario. Obviously, people going through impact statements now. Uh, I don't know if there's ever closure in something like this, but what do they do from here? How do they go forward knowing that this, the trial, everything is, is eventually coming to an end? You know, it, it's uh, it's something that you can't answer. Actually, I don't think that I can answer that question. I I, I never know. I, I work with people who have, who've experienced the, the losses of their children, and I certainly don't have any answers for them for sure as to how they can um, um, somehow live with this. We just find ways of them being able to find their own way of making some sort of room for this pain in their lives and honoring. You know, honoring as much as they can their their children, and I think that's part of what the victim impact statements, you know, can be for people. Uh, and that's not to say that it's the right thing for everyone to do. Some some people would not find benefit of that, but others might. And you know, I, I think about what it means. I know you're a parent too, Scott. Uh, and I know I'm a I'm a parent, and 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 I know the, the transformation that happened in my life when I became a parent. You know, I I stopped being a Theo. I became Zach's dad. Right, like. Hmm. It, it's your identity. It's it's, uh, it's who you are, and then for these people to still be parents without the person, the the children to love, to, you know, to to be a parent without being able to parent the person that you love, that 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 is your child, it leaves such um such an enormously painful void. It's like who are you now, and how how can you go on? You know, this this role that is no longer available to you, and I think. The victim impact statement for some time, I think, for people is this, it's like them still being able to parent in a way. It's still them being able to speak about their children and to represent them as a parent and to be able to talk about them and the impact of the loss, but also just the meaning that mm. that these children have in their lives. And in a way, it's still being a parent. You know, it's your, it's, your, it's, a, it's, a, it's an opportunity for you to still speak of the bond that you have with your child and to tell your child, even though that child is no longer there, you know, I, I love you still. Hmm. Do you? I, I, I still love you, and I haven't forgotten you. And uh, and and some people believe, some of them may believe that their children are are, are conscious of that. They're used to, to to speak with them in a way, and so hmm. it's a way of continuing to parent even in the absence of the children not being there. It's, it's heartbreaking to me. Uh, we've seen with the guilty plea from the truck driver and such uh, some. In in Saskatchewan, having empathy for for this man, do you have to forgive the truck driver? Do you have to forgive in order to move on? You know, again, it's one of those things. You know, we 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 always try to find solutions because we want to know how to deal with these tragedies, uh, and then you know, okay, now we can handle it. Like, there's no rule that says that someone has to forgive in order to move on. Uh, there, there's that might be helpful for some people. To to um, to help them, you know, 
not obsess, not focus on hatred, not not be angry for the rest of their lives. Um, um, it it might might help some people, but for some people, they don't need to do that. They don't even need to think about the. Uh, in this case, they they may not even have to think about the truck driver anymore. It may not need, you know, they may not even care at this point in time what the truck driver does or doesn't do, because it's about them and their child and finding a way of living without their child. So for yeah, for some people, I've heard stories saying it was important for them to forgive, and other people said, you know what, I don't have to forgive that person. It's, that person's not relevant to me in a way. What difference does it make? It's not going to bring my child back whether I forgive or not. How, if you are a person who has caused this tragedy and are responsible for it, how do you move forward? You know, again, what a horrible thing to live with. Um, I, I think that the right thing to do is what this person did, which is, you know what, this happened and I, you know, I'm responsible for my actions in that point and I'm not going to put the family through this to make it worse. Um, it's not about me, it's about how to be the most helpful person I can now for the People's lives that have impacted, and, and so uh, maybe that maybe that helps him be able to live with himself. But you know, we we have to think. But what does it mean to move forward? You know, people sometimes confuse that with saying stuff like um, you know, get over it somehow. And I think really it's about finding a way of living with it, um, living with that pain and living with that guilt, um, accepting that you, in this case, you know, you you are responsible for the pain of so many other people. Uh, all you can do now is just do the best that you possibly can to make it uh, to be as supportive as possible for the people that you've impacted. Can you now be happy with yourself? Can you be proud of yourself as a person as time goes by? Uh, that's a, kind of a personal thing that people have to decide about themselves and their own worth. I want to touch on what's happening with the Royals and not to get into Royal um rhetoric or gossip or anything, but uh, Kate, the Duchess of Cambridge, Meghan, Duchess of Sussex, apparently some sort of squabble there. I don't know if that's right or wrong and who cares, but what's happened, what's transpired out of that is depending on which of these uh, duchess you you support, it, it has created a social media war where one side is, is, is graphically, uh, uh, or at least through uh, words, are uh, chastising the other so much so that the palace had said, you know, calm this down. Um, over and above the, the two princesses, I, I don't care about that, but from a social media standpoint, should we be telling people to curb their negative com- comments or perhaps trying to figure out why they're so angry. Yeah, you know what? It's an interesting thing. We go from the humble this, this tragedy and trauma to talking about social media and people caring about what happens in the lives of, of royalty and getting so wound up about it that they have to insult each other. Uh, you know, so we go from, like, what's really important in life to, yeah. to um, making a big deal over... I mean, I didn't... Honest to goodness, if you said Megan and Kate, I wouldn't know who you were talking about. Like, I, yeah. you know, so I think I think it really is about teaching people what matters. Like, how how do you what do you what do you spend your life focusing on? Like, what's important? What are like the really important things in life? How important is it in your life what other people do if they don't directly impact you? How do we go about being more loving in general and more accepting in general and less focusing on what happens in someone else's life? less moralistic, less, less demanding of other people to fit our expectations when they have no relationship to us. So I think it's really about, like, how do we go about building a kind of a person, like helping create a kind of a person who understands what's important? And, I, you know, honestly, I'm a little dismayed because I, 
you know, I teach, you know, courses to university and college students, and I teach a critical thinking course. And I asked them, like, what's important to you? And what do you think about the news? And how seriously do you take it? And how do you know what's right and what's real and all that sort of thing? They have no idea what's going on. They care about things like Megan and Kate, but do they know anything about, you know, politics or what's happening socially or environmentally? Hmm. Having a clue. And so we have given our kids access to vast amounts of information and entertainment. We, everyone walks around with these devices as if they're like glued to it or it's embedded into their heads. Hmm. But have we taught them what to look for and how to use it? What's what's meaningful? And all it is now, it's a distraction away from what's really important in life. What's really important in life is how you love and how you care for each other and the kind of place that you create for other people, uh, the planet that you live on, you know, the kind of person, the values and what you stand for. These things are important. Uh, what's important, what's happening in between Megan and Kate in England? Like, how does that end up being so important to people? Why is that so entertaining? So we need to be able to... You know, we have the access to all kinds of information and all kinds of entertainment, but we really need to be like saying, okay, teaching kids that this is what we should be using this stuff for. This is what's really, this is what really matters. Why do you even care? Why do you spend so much time on, uh, on a website or look, buying magazines or looking up things about the Kardashians? Why do you follow the Kardashians? What's the point? Why, how is that important? And so on one hand, you and I talked about something really important how special and important people are and how you can't take them for granted and how terrible it is when we lose them. Uh, so let's focus on treating people when we have them in a particular way so that we value them as opposed to wasting our time talking about the Kardashians and Megan and Kate. It's funny, my daughter, who's uh, 16 years old, and I often have discussions about the validity of uh, the Kardashians. Uh, and, and she takes it as an insult when I slag them. Uh, as I point to them, you know, being everything that's wrong with America, she'll say, well, she's an entrepreneur. She's done this from whatever. And yeah, okay, whatever. She's a role model. Yeah, yeah, right. But it's funny, over time, I think she's slowly getting the message when I use Kardashian as a verb. Uh, anyway, uh, let's get to uh, the cookie that in the bakery in uh, oh, Edmonds, Lord. Washington. Speaking of worrying about crap that doesn't really matter. Uh, so here's a bakery. They bake the Valentine's cookies there with the little messages on, like you used to see the little hearts. The cookies may say, believe, addicted to love. And one says, build the wall. Yeah. Uh, you know, and when you can see sort of the context of all of this, uh, when I first saw it, I smirked. And, right. and, and thought, well, yeah, because which one of these doesn't fit in? Uh, obviously, right. the joke was, uh, you know, that was the joke that the baker was trying to make. But boy, did he get slapped in the face by political correctness, uh, including everything from calling him a racist. Is he a racist for doing this? How could you possibly know? How, how can you even Good go point. Like, how do you, what assumptions are you making? Uh, and what right do you have to sling these terms around as if that's okay? Like, at what point in time did we get to the point that you could call people names and that's all right? Like, being a racist is a pretty darn important, significant accusation, I think. But it's okay. We can just sling that around. We can say, you're a racist because you built a cookie that says, uh, build a wall. How do you know the man wasn't thinking, hey, maybe there's a bunch of people that would really like to buy this cookie because they want to build a wall? I don't know. Or maybe he thought it was funny. I don't know. But guess what? No one talks to him. We just jump to outrage. We start slinging things around about how he's a bad person, he's a racist, and we should boycott him. We should, like, uh, you know, like, make sure that he's ever be able to bake cookies again. I don't know. We should, like, <laughs> shun him. We should have, there's a movement. We should, like, walk around his building with placards. Uh, but guess what? 
Do you actually go into the office and go, hey, what's going on, Baker? Did you like, are you racist or what's happening? I don't know if I feel comfortable buying stuff for you if, I, if you're a racist. What's going on? What are your beliefs? No one does that. We just jump to outrage and start forming these campaigns and we got to get rid of these people. We got to fire people. We got to, oh, it's just upsetting. Where's the reason? Where's the communication? Where's the dialogue? Where's the curiosity? Uh, what if he had, had made a cookie that said, don't build the wall? Right? You know, he's. Maybe he should have put a tray of those next to a tray of build the wall. Because he's supposed to be balanced. Look at he's a baker. He's making cookies. What right do we have to impose our values on him about what he can or can't bake? No, I get that. Like, I get that it, there's somehow there's a connection made now to people who wouldn't bake cakes for gay weddings because of Yeah, that. so, yeah, one of the tweets said that, yeah, you know, you must not be, you yeah. must be one of those bakers that won't be- right? bake a, que- a gay wedding cake, I guess. What a jump that is, because what's the connection? Well, they're both bakers. And they both did something they were unhappy about, so they must be the same. Like, honest to goodness, wh- where's the critical thinking? Like, where's the, hey, slow down a little bit, and maybe ask a few questions, don't just assume. And for love of God, maybe, like, start a conversation at a lower point as opposed to starting to yell right away, either verbally or by written form. I would keep baking the cookie, but just have don't build the wall next to them. I mean, <laughs> really, and then just wait for the, the, the next bout of free publicity, No. Well, or is that, way, throwing, is that throwing salt in the wound? But look, either way, you know, the thing is about people taking offense. You can't do anything without people taking offense. And one thing that seems to be missing here is that everyone seems to be thinking that it's someone else's responsibility for how they feel. Everyone's going on. You're making me this. And yeah, you're making me that. I good feel point. I'm making offense. At what point in time have we lost this whole idea that actually, you know, you're responsible for how you feel by choosing how you look at things? People don't make you feel these things. You're choosing to be offended by looking at it from a different, a particular perspective. How about you try a different perspective and see if you feel differently? Stop running around and making everyone responsible for your emotions. What about the store location? Does it depend on where the, where the store is located? I mean, if he was down south, he might have made a fortune on these. Yeah, but you know what? And then what would have happened if he had made a cookie saying, don't build the wall? And then he's like probably anti-American, yeah. you know? He's probably a spy. He's probably working for the Russians. I don't know. Like, it's just the jumps that people jump to. Like, the, the leaps in logic that people seem to be capable of making now. Uh, is this due to uh, the extreme, uh, the, the extremes in politics, the divisiveness that we see? It seems that you're either that or you're that. There's no middle ground anymore. Well, I don't know. I just think people have taken more and more strident positions. They've lost the ability to actually, like, take, sit down and have a conversation. Like, you know, maybe it's, like, because we just communicate by text form. Honest to goodness, I can't get clients to make an appointment with me by phone anymore. They're texting my re- request for appointments. I'm like, I don't want to spend time texting back and forth with you trying to set an appointment. Can't we just have a conversation? We would just conversation seems to be, like, who has time for conversations? All we have time for is a, or posting opinions, you know, stating our minds. I remember talking to a prof from Mac who will remain nameless who, you know, who would say that, you know, I'm available whenever my students need me, but, you know, send me an email via this address. I, I, you know, I'm getting stuff on, he said, Facebook, on Instagram, on this and that. He said, I can't keep track of all of these platforms to answer all of these questions because I can't be available on on all these different uh, platforms. We should have a conversation specifically about that, but not at a time when I have to run the class, Scott, which I have to do now. I understand. Theo Salas has been with us, registered family therapist, president of Integrity Works. Theo, as always, thank you for the time. Much appreciated. You're welcome. Take care of yourself. You too. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.